Welcome back to the Distiller Podcast. Today, I'm on location at Spun Bicycles in Northside in Cincinnati. Uh, one of my favorite places in town, honestly. I don't know if you guys know this, Dom and Judy. I'm sitting here uh, with Dominic and Judy Lopresti, the owners of Spun Bicycles. And I'm, I, I geek out whenever I come here because, honestly, when I was a kid growing up in rural Idaho, the only thing I did was ride BMX bikes all summer long and the only place I wanted to be was hanging out at the bike shop. So awesome. anytime I come in here, it's like kind of, kind of takes me back. So thank you guys, first of all, for being willing to be on the podcast and letting me, uh, letting us invade your shop. Awesome. No, a little bit. No worries. It's awesome. Yeah. So, um, you, you guys know a little bit about the podcast. The, the goal of the podcast is to talk about work. We say it's the soul of work or how people find meaningful work and find meaning in the work that they do. And um, we generally, uh, we want to have a conversation. Often conversations are best had just in a relaxed format around something to drink, enjoying something together. Terry's going to come in in a second. She's going to bring us some coffees from down the street. But in the meantime, um, setting the stage a little bit. Uh, and correct me if I get, I'm going to do a little like bring us up to speed for people that don't know cool. about you guys in the shop. Shop opened in 2007. 2013. 13. Okay, yeah. I'm way off. I'm yeah. way off. Seems right. like it's been 10 years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 13. So four years. Almost five. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And you guys are both from, both from Ohio, both from mm -hmm. Cincinnati? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. I actually moved here when I was 13 from Dayton, Ohio, but okay. yeah, for the most part, I'm from Cincinnati. Right on. Yeah. Right on. And there's, um, <clears throat> there was a really amazing uh, bicycle magazine, bicycling magazine interview that came out with you guys in 2015. And I'll link to that on the website because I don't want to, there's a ton of amazing history and your story of the two of you and how you met and sort of a lot of the stuff that led up to the shop. And I don't want to necessarily like redo that interview all over again and make you guys just tell the same story. Um, but what I'm interested in is finding out, you guys have had a very tumultuous past yeah. You've gone through a lot of crap. You yep. went through a lot of crap to find each other. Yep. And then um, I'm I'm super interested in finding out like where that article kind of leaves off. You guys, it's like it leaves off with you guys meeting and starting the shop essentially. Yeah. And I'm really interested to find out like what does all that look like now. So mm. anyway, that's that's kind of where I want to go. I've got some questions that we'll get into. Um, but I think first of all, tell me a little bit about yourselves and like what both of you bring to the shop. It's a bike shop. It's, is it fair to say primarily a BMX focused bike shop? Although you guys yeah. do everything. We do everything. Okay. Not I'd say it's about, focused. I'd say it's about, um, a 40, 60 breakdown, 40% BMX. Okay. 60% traditional, um, bicycling. Right on. Mm -hmm. And for people that haven't been in, I mean, if you think neighborhood bike shop, if you think local businesses, if you're into any of those words resonate with you. This is one of the best examples that I can ever think about what a local business means to a neighborhood. Cause you guys are involved in the neighborhood. You were on Facebook last week, like celebrating that you guys got, got a crosswalk. <laughs> yeah. 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 Pylons and yeah. crosswalks yeah. because yeah. the traffic here is insane. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think all of that is amazing and that's kind of all what I, what I want to explore. So let's just start at a, at a really high level. Obviously your bike enthusiasts, obviously sh opening a shop makes a lot of sense for you, but what is being small business owners? What was attractive to that about you guys before you opened the shop aside from just the bikes aspect of it? Well, I mean, I've always 
kind of thought about having my own business, you know, it was just kind of how to go about it and how to make that happen. And when I met Dominic, like he had this amazing personality and I knew like wherever he worked when he bartended, he was the life of the party Mm -hmm. and he knew how he had the gift of gab, they say, you know, and I always knew Dominic would be an awesome business owner. So when we were able to get to figure out how to get the shop and um, make that uh, make it happen, you know, it was just it was it was just it seems normal. I don't know. Everything just kind of fell into place. And you said like you had always been interested or attracted Always. to sort of owning a business. Why? Yeah, years. Well, uh, I mean, is that I like, don't that, like people telling me what to do. Yeah, no, that could I'm, be. <laughs> I, um, I was in, uh, I worked for a big corporation for seven years with one company, four years with another, and I just didn't do well in big corporate America. Um, I was always really unhappy and stressed out and, no matter what the benefits were. I mean, I was just, I was the rebel, you know, I wouldn't do what I was told and I always had questions. And so I always dreamt years before I met Dominic, I wanted um, a, a pet shop. I wanted like, like mm. I wanted like a little shop to sell dog food because yeah. I was, I had my dog and, you know, I was really into canine nutrition and, you know, and um, I just, Never knew how to make that happen. So, what about you, Don? Well, it's it's weird. You know, I've I've always been involved in like customer service mm-hmm. most of my life, whether it be food and beverage, um, for the most part, um, for a good got a good solid twenty years. Right on. And I constantly would would make a lot of money for other people. You know, just mm-hmm. just for being able to hang out with people and have a good time. Um, I mean, there, I, I worked for a, a very um, high-end restaurant that had really, really high standards. I had three different stints at the same restaurant. They always would bring me back. Um, and they really instilled a, a very high standard for customer service. Yeah. And I just looked. I, I've grown up in bike shops. I've been, I've been a bike shop rat since I was, gosh, 11 you know, bugging bike shop owners and hanging out. And yeah. and so I've seen over the years through hanging out at bike shops, working at bike shops as a mechanic, all the things that I don't like about bike shops and I, that I would think that I could do a better job. Um, and I just think the, the bar is set so low sometimes um, in the industry for how you approach it. Yeah. So... I was kind of born to be a bike mechanic. You know, I mean, I, I started doing it on my own in, at, by 11. And I really, besides bartending, and I used to be a tile setter as well, um, I don't know how to do anything else. Um, and it just made the, the most perfect sense. My problem was finding the path to get it going, yeah. you know, and to get the capital, to get the right location. Um, and this just kind of, God, I met, I met Judith... You know, and we just really, really. You call me Judith. I always call you Judith. <laughs> um, we just really hit it off. I, f- I fell in love with her the day I met her. You know, and it was meant to be. It was kind of like how this whole thing, how our whole bike shop, I really think it was meant to be. Um, and then once we um, were able to figure out how to actually get our butts in here, um, it kind of fell into place. 
right, right location, right time. There um, were some trials and tribulations in the beginning. Sure, you know, but it like, was like what? I mean, standard small businessy stuff. Like oh no, like husband and wife. Oh. Um, Oh yeah, we oh didn't know God. how to be we, husband and wife at first. We didn't know how, how long to be after you guys met. Did you did you open the shop? We met in 2007, and we got married in 2010, and then we opened the shop in 2013. And was in couples counseling by 2011. <laughs> we were well. I mean, we were also trying. No, we were trying real. to get sober yeah. too. I mean, we yeah. were there was a lot of struggles in there. In a lot going of, on. But in the beginning of the bike shop, it was like. Okay, so we're going to be business partners, and we're going to be together all day, every day. Right. And in the beginning, we knew, even before the build-out was done, I knew what my role was going to be, and he knew what his role was going to be. But there was a lot of things that we had to figure out. Adjustment, you know, like what? where, where is some- our place in the business? You know, like what, what are we going to focus on individually? You know, we all had it. I mean, I had some pre some really preconceived notions of how it was going to be, which didn't work out at all. I'm like, oh, honey, you know, we're you don't have to work like three days a week. You know, I want you to be, I want you to just go train and ride your bike and, and just be a housewife and like. <laughs> That didn't work out at all. Like, there's no way that He's I like, I just do. need your help to get it open. Yeah, and right. no, I'll, do, would, I'll do all the work. After yeah, that. no, that was that was very grandiose uh, by my part. But, but there was in the beginning, we fought a lot too. I mean, he would stomp out, or I would stomp out, and then it would be like we were getting a huge fight, and then he would he'd be like, "Well, I'm leaving," and then he'd leave, and I would be here like, Run oh, the my, shop. Uh, "Oh my god." It, totally freaked out and you well, know that's, a, not that's a lot to take on i mean like relationships are hard enough yeah it was especially when relationships start when you're a little older you got some baggage you got some stuff you're working through mm-hmm. there's gonna be some some edges that need to get knocked off and well, then we had so early employees on to, too and the, yeah. we had to it we made a lot of we made them feel uncomfortable a lot <laughs> And we, no. and that we'd warn them. You we know, would, like, you're walking we'll, into something. Well, because like we'll we'll be like, oh, fuck you, no, fuck you. And like three minutes later, I'm pinching her butt and we're kissing. That's right. like that's that's kind of our dynamic. You know, we're hot yeah. cold all the time. And I'm like, just just don't. If we start freaking out, just don't worry <laughs> about it. It's it will just it'll be fine. You know, and and it's it's gotten less extreme every year. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I think we rarely even no. Fight if, if we even fight. It it's like, oh, you're like, being dumb. Shut up. No, yeah. or if I get mad about something, I mean, he immediately knows when he's wrong and say sorry. And I do the same. Like I know when I'm wrong. That's you know, that's a huge thing. You know, to I mean, I don't want to get an old gender thing, but for a man, you got to know when it's time to apologize to your wife. Yeah. You know, and that's that's huge. I mean, I that can you. that can head a lot of stuff off at the past, man. Yep. You know, and it's like choose your battles. You know, um, that's what I've learned. I mean, it's like. I think we've gotten more couples therapy, not from going to a, see a, um, a counselor, mm-hmm. but actually this place. This right, is what, just this, having to work stuff yeah, out. Yeah, this is our own custom, like this is our own therapy. Yeah. You know, it's kind of that's how it's worked out. But well, and, and actually, part of that's why I wanted to inter- uh, interview you guys together. Is well, here, yeah. Let's stop for a second. I'll hold that thought. Terry, Terry is here with the coffee. This is custom made coffee from the local coffee shop Sidewinder. Here, get on the mic there, Sherry, so we can hear you. From Sidewinder, yeah, just up the, street. Sidewinder of the street. There you they go, Dom. That's you. you. They said hi. Judy used to work there. Dom has uh, black drip coffee. Alrighty. Judy has uh, regular coffee with Splenda and milk. Uh huh. 
Brandon has regular coffee That's with Terry. All right. cream. And I have regular coffee with cream. All right. Well, Sorry, I kept eyeballing it. And I couldn't no, know. no, man. Let's, <laughs> I, I need some, too. Let's get in here. Cheers. I don't Cheers. know if you can do that with coffee, but yeah. good, to, good to have everybody yeah. here. Thanks for Ooh, thanks Get for, all jacked up fun. on Sidewinder coffee and Let's talk. Let's do it. Things will speed up significantly toward the end of the interview. It's I've already good. had like five cups. Oh, I'm ready. <laughs> That's all we do in the morning when we wake up. <laughs> Just down coffee. Just down a pot of coffee, yeah. Well, thank you to Sidewinder. Thanks, Terry. Thank you, Sidewinder. No, I'm, I'm super interested in the idea. Um, I know several couples, married or not, who work together, who the stuff that they've done. It's one thing for somebody to go through their life and figure out what they want to do and what the work of their life is by themselves. It's a whole other thing when you do that with your partner mm. and you got to work out the relationship in all of those questions. And sometimes I think it makes it easier because it's like a crucible where you're here every day. You don't get to escape no. the questions of your relationship and the questions of your work are the questions of your relationship. And you're either going to work it out or you're not going to work it out, but you're going to figure it out pretty, pretty quick one way or the other. Yeah. Was that like, was there ever an intention or an opportunity to do something else? Or were you guys always, no, let's do this together. No, absolutely wanted to do it together. From yeah. the start. From the start, yeah. Cool. And I, we've, I've always wanted to be with him all day, every day, ever yeah. since I met him. Yeah, I mean, there, there was, we had um, really We're codependent, big time. I mean, we, we, even when we're at the house, if we're in the same room all the time. If, one yeah. person, my, if I'm going to go make some food, you know, I'm like, oh, honey, come in the, in the kitchen with me, you know, and hang out. And, I love it. Yeah, we don't, we don't separate, ever. Yeah. But when, we've, when we we met, trained. we had opposite schedules. And there was like, we had like one and a half days out mm -hmm. of the week that we got to see each other. Right. I worked a crazy schedule. He worked a crazy schedule. And it was always, back then, it was like Tuesday was dedicated to Dominic and Judy. Mm -hmm. And then um, when we got to open the shop, I mean, now it's bizarre. Because we don't, when I'm gone, I'm, I'm off on Friday and he's like, call, he calls me, or I call him like probably, you know, seven or eight times just At during least. the work day because he immediately comes home. Yeah. And then on Monday, he takes off and sleeps and works out and, you know, does his thing. And I'll come home and he'll be like, yeah, I missed you. So I love it. I mean, that's, you know, I, I don't, <clears throat> people might not guess that. At first glance, like you guys are kind of like both charger type of people. You know, <laughs> yeah, you do right. you do the stuff that you do fairly hardcore. Yeah, it may yeah. it may not be obvious. I don't know why it wouldn't be, but it may not be obvious that you guys have such a, a soft side for each other. It, and it sounds like you've mentioned therapy a couple of times. Like, are you guys still doing that? We only had to go together? to like five sessions. We did five sessions, and to then we went out. to AA. Okay. And then it was fine. And then we all, which and we, a whole other kind of therapy. We knew we knew all along that there was no what way. What the problem was? What the problem was? We knew right all along that we were, there was no way we we're getting divorced. Right you on. know that, that was never an option. I mean, we we're never not going to be with each other. We just had to figure out how to be with each other. Yeah, that was the so. other thing when the shop when we got the shop. We always maintained that the number one priority in our worlds were one our marriage, mm -hmm. two the business. So never put the business in front That's of the marriage. That's super important. That's the most, it, that, it would never have worked out that way. If he's not my number one priority and I'm not his number one priority, 
nothing works. No. Do you think the relationship is stronger because you're together every day? Absolutely. Do you think if you yeah. guys were doing nine to fives and you weren't seeing each other all it week? We're, we're, we're we closer now yeah. than we've ever been. Like there's the, we are, it sounds cliche to say, but, no. but we really, we grow tighter every year, you know, where there's no, there's no growing apart. Yeah. You know? I, and I think it's kind of unique. I don't think, I don't think a lot of people experience that sometimes. No. And I mean, the, if you read stuff that's out there in the world about how people work life balance and, you know, people are generally going to a job that they hate and then mm. they're coming home and trying to figure out how to fill, how to work on their relationships, how to take care of the people that they have, how to, how to, how to fulfill their obligations and how to maybe get something in their life that makes them feel okay about themselves. And you guys, it's all one, one big, wonderful, messy ball where it's just the relationship is the, is the job, is the purpose, which is kind of amazing. I, you know, and the fact that you've, both fallen into it and it seems like there was never any option to do anything else is really great. I think, you know, we were talking before we started recording about like a lot of people spend their whole life trying to figure out what the thing is for you guys. This was the thing. This was always the thing. Mm -hmm. I always, I've wanted a bike shop for decades. Yeah. I, I, I always knew it. And in every bike shop I ever worked at, I'm like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, you know, to, when I get older, I'm going to open a bike shop. And I'm sure every, bike rat shop has said that, you know, but, uh, it's, I really never doubted that I could do it. Mm -hmm. I doubted if I could like do it as far as being good at it. Yeah. I always just doubt it and being able to get it going, you know, and just finding that little pathway to, yeah. to open up something at first. I mean, I was trying to scheme ways to, open just a small little closet repair business, you yeah. know. My dad uh, offered us a space before he passed away. And, and uh, like, no. it, wasn't, a, it wasn't a right uh, fit, you know, and like, I mean, we had always, always tried, you know, yeah. and then uh, we found out about this location and it all fell into place. I mean. Exactly when it was supposed to. Because yeah. I think if, I almost feel like if the timeline was any different, we weren't ready Cause we didn't we, have we didn't have the maturity either. We didn't have sobriety. We didn't have no. We 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 definitely would have had to been sober yeah. to do this. For well, and the, sure. and the space. I can't see you guys in many other neighborhoods in Cincinnati and having it be such a work perfect, I know. perfect mm -hmm. fit. I know. Yeah. It's like when we um found the place. Like we didn't have um we did have some um we farmed out the imagery for our logo and, and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. as far as what the inside of the, 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 the guts of the place and the look and the vibe was all pretty much us. Like we knew right out of the gate how we wanted to look. I, I, I'm a huge fan of the whole DIY uh -huh. feel and vibe and look of things. And I didn't want, I wanted people to come in here and like, wow, it's all DIY. They build it themselves and it's, we don't have slat wall, display walls, you know, yeah. we don't have... Um, it's not cookie cutter, and it was a really big, big conscious effort um, on our parts to do it that way. And it's that's why we wouldn't work in anywhere anywhere else with locations. I don't think. Well, and it seems like um, you know whether you whether you thought about this a ton or it's just who you are, and it couldn't have been anything else. I mean, it seems like you're you're Probably a little bit of both. Yeah, yeah, like but you're catering very obviously to the people that you want to work with, mm -hmm. like maybe not interested, super interested in some guy coming in who's never ridden a bike and just wants to plop a whole bunch of money down on something he's never going to touch, but rather lacing up a custom set of wheels for somebody that understands the value of that 
both, both monetarily and just in terms of the workmanship, which I love. I love your, like seeing on your Instagram feed and stuff when you're, when you're custom building yeah, wheels a are my bike favorite. for somebody. Yeah. I love that. Man. I love doing wheels, man. Yeah. Um, I love doing custom. I, I love, I always say this when we're, we're hanging out. Cause I mean, I'll have like customers coming here that they come in for a light and end up hanging out with us for an hour and a half, just, just shooting the shit, right. you know? And, and I love my customers, you know, yeah. we have loyal, loyal friends that are happen to be customers, Yeah, you know, and they were customers for us. Now they're friends. And then we have, we have other people that are one-offs that may come in here and maybe we're not their, their thing. And then we have other people like, Oh my God, I've been looking for a BMX <laughs> shop. I just had this guy yesterday. This doesn't exist anywhere. I need right. to buy two BMX for bikes for my kids and I can't find mm-hmm. anything to help anybody help me that's in the know. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's like, that, this is what, that's it. That's what we do. You but know? those retro bikes that you post, like, like, you know, this GT. Yeah, the old that, schools, That's man. sitting there. You were talking about a torker a earlier on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. every time you post one of those, 13-year-old me just <laughs> kind of go, oh, my and God. And there's, like, a bazillion that of sky you out the there. Way. No, that I know. Like, yeah. That yeah. sky was sweet, wasn't it? Oh. No, like, so I, I don't want to make this about me. Like, when I was when I was 12, so when I, when I was, like, 10 or 11, you know, I had the Sears Huffy whatever the catalog bike was. Mm -hmm. And then when I was probably 12, my mom got me a Raleigh racing. I thought I was going to be a a racer. And that like six months later got stolen from the driveway. And my mom worked some insurance magic. And uh, I got a a Redline Pro Styler with the insurance money. No, God, I wish I had it. Uh, It would be worth so much money. Oh, I know. (laughs) I know. You can't believe. No, and it was it was it was dialed. I mean, it was the what would this have been like? Eighty three, eighty four. The white frame. Redline Heyday. Yeah. Yeah. White Peregrine Mags. Mm -hmm. GT bars, a rotor on it, like pegs. All my friends were racing, and I was, I was like totally flatland freestyle. Like hell yeah. I wasn't any good at all, (laughs) but this is where I was going. Yeah, man. And and, man, I see you post those old bikes, and I seriously just, you know, it's it's a blessing. I mean, I to get actually paid to do it, you know, it's I I giggle all the time, like. (laughs) Getting paid to do this? You know, it's ridiculous. You beat it. You figured and I'm, it out. I'm always, I'm always all, all these cats that I'm doing these bikes for, man. I'm always telling them, like, man, if you sell this, I get dibs, right? Yeah. And uh, that, so I got a lot of dibs on bikes that hopefully will come through someday, but probably not because these guys never come off these yeah. things. I mean, yeah. Oh, I wish I still had it. Yeah, my friend Scott had this Kuahara, you know, that he mm. rode for years and years that I think about that thing, like all, all chromoly. Anyway, so... Um, Here's, here's something I'm interested in. You talked about, um, and it's no secret that, that you guys have, have dealt with some really heavy addiction stuff and that was part of you guys both meeting and getting together. I had a good friend who was a heroin addict who tried for years, like 19 years to get clean, could not kick, was like on the streets of Hong Kong. And when he, when he finally you know, sobered up and beat it was when he replaced it with, in his words, replaced it with, a complimentary addiction, which for him was bodybuilding. And um, he was a giant guy, but he made no mistake. Like it's in my personality. I've got to have one thing to replace the other. If I hadn't put something else there, there would be, there would be this place. Is that, do you feel like that's true for you guys? And do you feel like the work ethic that you bring to the shop and the way that all of this is so integrated for you? Funny you say that. Meets that or? 
Dominic. That's the, I I replaced bad addiction with a healthy addiction. Whether yeah. it be riding my BMX bikes, which I've been dealing with some injuries in the last year and a half or so, so it has been really feasible. But I also used to bodybuild in my twenties, and I kind of went back to that's actually what I'm doing now. So like, right. I, if I can't have bikes, you know, I still need something. So yeah, I, I, I like to get my training on. I think Judy's the same way. I know? did replace with um, Ironman mm-hmm. training and triathlon and racing and what i found um out was that wasn't going to keep me sober Mm. and um it wasn't enough for me Mm -hmm. and um in the early early on i had to go find a group of people that i could um that could help me work the steps of alcoholics anonymous which i did um for a couple years since we've had the shop, I don't go to meetings much, but I still keep in touch with my people that right um, that that help get get me sober and actually work through some things that I needed to work through. And um, I feel like when I was training for Ironman, I mean, I was still using, I was still smoking pot and popping pills here and there, and like I was very self consumed with myself. And I didn't care about anyone else, and that is addiction. And, yeah. um, you know, I mean, I was gone every weekend, you know, on a 100-mile bike ride mm-hmm. and then would have to run for an hour after that, you know. And right. and then I would come home, and he would be like, man, I can't wait till this race is over, you know. And then <laughs> after that race, it was, okay, now I'm going to race else. bicycles. I'm going to do cycle cross. Yeah. And, um you know, really, none of that really worked out for me when now um, I'm, I mean, I'm a little obsessed with what I eat right now. We're um, dieting pretty hard, but I don't, I don't feel like I've, I feel the addiction with, with something else at this point. I just, I don't know. AA kind of helped me with yeah. that. Dominic doesn't really do AA. I'm so. not wired for it. That's not how I'm wired. Yeah. You know, most people just. I don't do AA right now either. Uh, I mean, I still. Reach out to the, my people in AA. I don't do a. I don't do meetings. I, mean, I just. But I've, we do have people from the program come in here that are trying to get sober. They right know, on. and that that helps me stay sober. Yeah. So. I'm just not. I mean, some people it works that way. For for me, I'm I'm just I'm completely neurotic in how I live my life. I mean, I'm I I go down to counting my minutes. I'm, I I have to have my my routine the same way really? every day. I know exactly when I'm going to like get my next cup of coffee. I know exactly when I'm going to go hop Is in the like shower. Is that like an OCD thing? Is it? Yeah, it's I both, very, he yeah, has OCD, OCD brilliant. Um, gotcha. That OCD is probably one of the root causes of, I think, my addiction. I mean. Yeah. When I met him, he used to count in fives. Everything had to be five. If he he yeah. couldn't brush his teeth once. When I first got sober, my, five times. my he brain was went crazy. crazy. Like yeah. For yeah. like two years, my brain was not functioning right whatsoever. But I was still maintaining. I mean, I still worked my ass off and still rode. And yeah. but now it's like you know, I'm all about food prep. I'm all about getting our meals, and I'm I love to cook. So it's like my I stay sober by being very regimented. Yeah. You know, and then I I'm very regimented in my business too. You know, I'm like I'm gotten really every year. I'm better at like of plotting out my work. But for the year one, I'm like. Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit! Like the water lines up to my nose, and like I got all this work to do, and I had. He had two mechanics the first year. Yeah, you know, I was kind of like I like really gave myself a cushion, right? You know, to make sure that we did a really good impression when we first got on the scene. The second and year we had two mechanics. The third year we had 
two, and then the fourth year we had one, and now we have none. I did it all myself this past season. Wow. And, I, and we actually did more, more repairs than we did the previous years. So our repairs are up, and I'm down to a one-man show. And the, but now I'm like, oh, I can just do that then, you know. And I'm never under the gun. I always, Even during the peak season, I always time it out to where I am yeah. caught up on Friday. So when she's not here, I can have a, a fuck-off day, usually, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But, I mean, it doesn't seem like either of you are, are afraid of getting in, getting your hands dirty, and working your asses off. I no, mean, uh-uh. You guys just got back from vacation, right? Yeah. yeah. First, yeah. first vacation Actually, first time we've closed the shop ever. Okay. So we actually, last year we got to, we did go away for four days last year, mm-hmm. but we had someone in here. Okay. One and of our mechanics. It, yeah. it, it was dumb because we kind of lost money. Keeping he, the shop open, we had limit, It was kind of like a courtesy to the neighborhood. Like, yeah. okay, we'll keep the shop open from 12 to 6 in case anybody, you know, needs, needs a, a tube, tube or, or a flat change or, yeah. you know. But we actually ended up losing money because we had to pay someone to be here. And then... They were bored out of their skulls. Nobody came in. I yeah, because people know you're gone. Exactly. You guys are like, everybody's watching you on social media. It's like, Dom, <laughs> Dom and Judy are out of town. Why would I go to Spun? Yeah, I mean, not to tour at home, but that's pretty much it. Like, if we're not yeah. here, like... And or I'm I'm not here on Mondays and, and nobody comes in on Monday because Dominic's not here. <laughs> They're like, funny. oh yeah, and Dominic now everyone knows he's not here. I said, did anyone ask for me? Nope. There's some people that still continue to come in and they always say, oh I forgot. He's yeah. Not here. Well, and that's the other thing that that um, you know the consistency being in the neighborhood. Like you guys are not just whatever you own a bike shop in the neighborhood, but you live somewhere else. You're, you're, I mean, like out on the yeah, you know, outskirts the or something. You guys are here. You're involved in stuff. You're getting pylons put up in the, you know, in the median of the street. You're in the rock and roll carnival in the fourth. Of, that was the first time I ever saw either of you is I saw Dom riding his bike in the, in the rock and roll carnival. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, dude is ripped. Like, who's, who is that guy? <laughs> if you, we're talking a little bit about bodybuilding. If you've never seen Dom, I mean, if I was like putting on a costume party and I needed somebody for the Popeye costume, like, Dumb, dumb would be the guy. Checks in the mail, Brandon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but like, you know, there's an obvious commitment. The funny thing is, and I was talking to Terry about this, is uh, I never, you guys aren't preachy about any of that stuff. Like, I, um, I feel like there's a hole in, in the other side of the world that you're in, which is the image-based hardcore athlete bike world. It would be all about, you know, like, Here's what I'm doing that you can emulate. Here's. Oh, know. I hate that on Facebook. Yeah. Ah, look at me. Look at me. No. Right. You'd be posing ah. pictures of you lifting and stuff like that. I was thinking the other day and I was thinking you obviously have a huge commitment to your own fitness, but I don't hear you talking about it, which is kind of refreshing. Sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll be proud of my food. Like I just posted my food prep. You know, that's, that's what seems I'm Seems like proud we of. can give you that. Yeah, like, you know, I like, like yeah. oh, look at all this food I prep, man. But you're but, not like, I'm not seeing you with mirror shots of yourself flexing on Facebook. No, I just do that for my wife. <laughs> no. When, she tells me to stop it. If I know? have to take a picture in the shop, though, it's you can tell he's like, turn to the camera. Oh, it's called angling. Yeah, well, I always throw an angle in at least. Damn right. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. But for, he, he never posts pictures of himself. Never. I've never, ever. He hates it. I thought, I'm like, hey, we need a picture. He's like, uh. Well, and it just seems like um, I, there's not a question behind it. It's just part of the ethos that I appreciate is you guys are real about what you're doing. The stuff that you're doing is because it's the stuff you do, not because you're advertising it for somebody else or you're marketing. Mm-mm. No, that's, you know. The only marketing we do is just to be ourselves. 
Yeah. You know, and that's that like that's I think that that's why we work because we can have people that can come in here that really want to be into the biking world or or get physically fit, you know. And they can come in. And we're not gonna bullshit them, you know. And, and even if they don't, well, I've had people like they come in. And I have dudes come in for like lifting advice, you know. They don't buy anything at all from me, you know. Yeah. But we just sit there, you know, like, oh yeah, we know. But it's not something I like go out and do, you know, something like that. But I just think it's important to be yourself and not take yourself too seriously. I think a lot of people take themselves way too seriously, especially in social media, mm-hmm. um, Facebook world. You yeah. know, I call it the Facebooks. Yeah. You know, I, I don't take it too seriously it's good yeah i mean i don't want to be one of those people some people are really invested to be like that you know that's like their thing well and that the whole like marketing you know i just don't see you guys marketing your personalities as the thing i see you marketing the shop and the work of the shop and like what you do and if you want a badass set of custom wheels come and i'll lace those up if you want a, a bike built if you want a real neighborhood bike shop experience if you just want to talk to real people come into the shop don't come in here because we're marketing ourselves as <laughs> know-it-alls of of something or lifestyle gurus or something like that and i think a lot of people that have gone through what you guys have gone through to get where you are and have the focus that you have uh might have felt have felt the pressure to do that to sort of tout successes and and put yourselves up on pedestals as success stories when you guys seem seem to have a pretty good grasp of your humility through the whole thing. I think so. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think the I mean it's most a weird thing question that... to ask people, are you humble? But of course we are. Yeah. No, sorry. Judy, what uh, I just think that when it comes to, I do, I handle all the social media for the shop. So I handle um, every single post that goes up is from me. And I try to make it a balance um, of things that we can do for you. And also, our personalities. The shop reflects our personalities. Yeah. You can't, I mean, there's no denying that, you know? I mean, you walk in, I mean, this is definitely our little place. Yeah. And like when I was telling Terry, you know, best place to interview us, if we're not at home, we're here. And yep. if we're not here, we're at home. We're not in a bar. We're not, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we're just, so this. We're actually geeks like we, are, we are i mean we are total dorks you and sometimes know? when we have these conversations at home i'm like can you imagine if someone was listening to us right now because we're talking about how awesome a tomato is yeah or- would you see how fresh this tomato is this is amazing you know yeah, but you, like, you care about stuff and you care about you care about good stuff yeah you know i mean it's <laughs> we <laughs> we are dorks i know we are <laughs> Geeks just means enthusiasts. You guys like, are enthusiastic like, so, about the stuff you care like about. Like we just we're not like any other bike shop in general. I got, I got yesterday. I'm outside right when we open. I'm <laughs> I'm smoking a cigar on the bench out front. You know, I got a hoodie on and wearing my etnies. And uh I see this guy walking around the street with a with a wheel and he crosses the street and I I don't know who he is. I'm I'm pretty sure he's coming to see me. Uh-huh. I'm like, yeah, hey, what's going on, man? He's like oh, he had a, like a, a 900 hour carbon wheel in his hand from one of his race bikes. Wow. Uh, and uh, he's like, I talked to you on the phone like about a month ago about doing, I'm like, oh yeah, you know, and I'm smoking a cigar. I'm like, what do you want to do about it? And he, I think he was a little <laughs> weirded out at first, you know, and I'm like, I figured out what was happening. I'm like, hey, 
I put my cigar and I'm like, let's go inside, you know, let's go work this out inside. And it was, and that's, but he had a, a smile on his face the whole time it was here. And yeah. we got a great game plan for his wheels and we're going to produce something that's amazing that um, maybe can be almost recreated by other bike shops, but not, not all the way. Not with the same my wheel, My wheels are better. My wheels are per- my. I, I will toot my own horn on that. I make the most balanced, perfect, beautiful wheels in the world. Okay, to talk about that, like, let's get technical for a second. Like, mm. for people, people that don't know, people that aren't bikers, what's the difference between a custom laced wheel and a anybody and a can make a wheel straight, mm-hmm. what we call true mm-hmm. and round. You know, anybody can do that. But the what separates the 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 good from the great is getting each spoke completely even tension from side to side you know there's there's some technical aspects of tension drop from drive to non drive we're not gonna get in that but and then throwing a lot of extra tension into wheels you know i've i've been building wheels since i was 14, 14. Mm-hmm. um and then uh, somebody teach you or is it all just i taught myself error? at first okay. like just had one wheel next to me to look at mm-hmm. and then had one wheel that I just built, you know, and that's kind of how I learned. And then I was able to apprentice under, um, um, an old school mechanic, um, when I was a kid and he taught me how to really lace wheels and how to use a spoke machine that mm-hmm. none of the other kids got to use cause they're very expensive to use, but I was a sponge. He loved me. And, um, so once I got here, you know, I've always built wheels for BMX kids because my wheels are always stronger. And then that was even before we had the shop. You know, like, how come you get a call? You might license some wheels for me. I got all the parts. I'm like, yeah, just bring them Something over. Something can you know? take a beating. Yeah, you know, I would sit in bed, you know, watching TV, lacing up wheels. <laughs> and um, so then when I got here, I really, I was always proud of my stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And I never had, I did some mountain bike stuff here and there, but, you know, it was a fluke to do road and mountain bike for me. And then I got the chance to, some roadies came in, you know, and, and got me to build wheels. And I figured out, man, my, my road wheels are freaking amazing. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And um, I took a lot of pride in that, you know. And so I got, I got a reputation for it. And I might take a little bit more time than, than most people do for, to build a set of wheels. But that's okay. Quality. You know? Yeah. You know, I, I've, I do a, a couple extra steps, a couple more tension. And... It's really kind of paid off to be proud of what you're doing and to really have, I mean, anybody can do it, but to do it with passion, you know, makes a big freaking difference, you know? Yeah. Um, and then I get to build wheels for my wife that she loves. And the nuances, I mean, that once you feel a, a, a great set of wheels with great hubs that have beautiful bearings in it and a nice crispy engagement on the, on the drive and you feel how how much easier it is to pedal and how yeah. fast it goes because they're light. And I mean, we all know that, light rolling uh rotational weight is the key to any upgrade of a bicycle you know and i i can build some super strong really light wheels i can build some heavy duty wheels that some of my bmx boys that usually will go through a wheel every four months yeah i got some of my boys that are on year and a half two years of my wheels Mm. you know and they and they they eat parts you know so it's it's a testament to just doing it right Right and having pride in it you know and then custom builds too i'm I built some cool bikes too, you yeah. know. I, I don't like, if you're gonna spend $4,000, you know, you can go to a bike store and buy a bike out of the box that everybody else has. It's a great bike, it's a nice bike, and it's awesome. It's a $4,000 bike, but it's like everybody else's, you know, like I would spend four grand. Yeah, you know, I'm like, custom. I want something, I would want something that's different. I was just <laughs> talking to a mechanic from another shop. And they have a deal where they get two really good deals on bikes every year that they can buy through the bike shop. And I'm like, 
I was always asking, like, man, I'm surprised you don't build. And you're like, you, because he's a really good mechanic. And he's like, well, it's just not, I get such a price break. I'm like, yeah, man, but you're, you're rolling on what somebody else has. He's like, I know, this kind of, because it's kind of bothering me, you know, but teach their own, you know, but we've been able to produce some really, really cool new school stuff. I do a lot of old school stuff, you know, something that's, that, that, the old school and the antiques, most shops don't do anymore. Mm-hmm. So to be able to do that, it's pretty awesome. Right on. And so, like, this is your this is your rabbit hole. You go deep down this rabbit hole, craft, quality. I can talk about this and bore you for hours. No, it's not, it's not boring to me. Maybe maybe to somebody else, but I actually could, I would go there with you. Judy, what's your what's your rabbit hole? What do you go down? Oh, I'm a numbers dork and um, data and um margins discounts she keeps the doors open <laughs> I, I pay the bills mm-hmm. i buy everything for the shop um i i do all the purchasing and dominic really doesn't get she knows more about bmx parts and that and mountain bike parts than i do and then the kids send him you know dominic's not a computer like he doesn't you know i caught him dialing 411 from his iphone <laughs> When we first got our iPhones, I'm not kidding you. And so he's, you know, he's not, um, he's just not, he doesn't listen, he doesn't look at text messages. You know, if you look at his phone right now, there's currently like 28 unread text messages. Um, So I read his text messages and his emails on Facebook because he didn't even join Facebook until we got the shop. And he's not very good at it. So <laughs> well, the kids will email him, like, can you get me this, this, and this? Right. And I'm always like, you guys, I'm the one that. Let's like, kind of stop that. Now they go right to you. No, <laughs> not all the time. I still see Most messages. Now they're going to. We're going to the, the I mean, Yeah, they just know. go straight to <laughs> just, just, go, just let me know. Like, you know, I, I'm the one. I, you know, Matt Bischoff of um, one of our. He's like an old BMX rider, mm-hmm. and he's an old friend of Dominic's. They used to ride together when they were li- like teenagers or whatever. He works for one of the BMX companies. Matt called yesterday. Dominic answered the phone, but you know what? He said right away, hey, can I talk to Judy? <laughs> so I said, did he? I like, this is Matt? He's like, oh, yeah, Matt's Matt. He was like, going to bypass me. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. He's figured it out. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But no, I'm the, I'm, I'm the, bo- like, the boring side. So I do all the, the like bookkeeping. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I am, he doesn't know when the phone bill is due. He's same at home, though, too. Like, he doesn't know about any of the but bills that's, or. That's perfect. Perfect, though. It I mean, works There's perfectly. so many things about like what you guys have have found or what you've it's built or what you've made. Yeah, it is yeah. like every part of it is yin and yang. Finding yeah. the neighborhood, finding the time, finding each other at the time, having these perfectly complementary like things that you bring to the business that without that perfect fit, it just wouldn't oh, be what well, it is. I, There's no way this would work without what she does. There's no, I, I couldn't do it. I mean, we, pay I, bills. I couldn't do <laughs> this Vendors, without what? him, and he couldn't do this without me. So I'm yeah. a grease monkey. That's what I, I'm a grease monkey, and I, I want to dork out and talk about bikes. And but that's I what I do. But you get to do that. That's what I get, yeah. That's because that, that allows to happen. Yeah. He's allows the that face, and I'm in the office. So that's, that's how it is. But when it comes to bike sales, you do most of the bike sales these days. Sometimes. Most of the times. Unless it's a custom. But, you know, for the most part, she runs the, the showroom floor, too, you know. I don't have a lot of, I guess, I mean, I can sell a bike. I don't like to do sales as much as Dominic does. Like, he's pretty good at it. I am I only have so much, and then I just, I'm done. You know, yeah, I'm like, I, I, I can only try so hard. Right. You know. It's either happening it's or it's either not. Good. Yeah. 
Well, and we don't do the hard sell here either. No, we, we don't. We don't really don't. I mean, that's that's one thing I really wouldn't would never want in my shop is the hard sell or the fake sell or, yeah. or the fake sales pitch. You know, yeah. I mean. I mean, I want people to be walking. I, mean, I drop f bombs a lot on when the customers oh, are around. That's just we how do. I talk. I, w- I wondered know? if we could cuss on this. And thing. like you know, it's like Absolutely. I'll I've I've caught myself doing it yesterday with the, this new customer about the BMX first kids, and I'm cussing left and right. But and then he starts cussing, you know. And <laughs> like, it's like oh, we're just kind of hanging. If we were in a if we were hanging out in a bar, it'd be the same thing. I think you know, it'd be just chit chatting. Yeah. That's how I like sales to be here. You know, right. that's makes it I think it makes it more genuine I'm not I hate hard sales and people who would just want to sell a bike they have on the floor yeah. to get it out you know that's we not what we see it do. a lot a we lot of people lot. we see a lot of people they come walking in with a bike that obviously was sold to them because it was on the floor it might not fit them sure it fits yeah. you no it doesn't yeah. you just wanted it off your floor and this this one poor lady had been riding this road bike and, and killing mileage on it on a bike that was two sizes too small for her. Yeah. And she was she was assured, oh, this is the right size for you. And I actually had um, one of Judy's old carbon frames that had very low mileage on it, and I gave her a cherry of a deal on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was two sizes bigger. She's like, are you sure this is gonna fit me? I'm like, this is the size bike you're supposed to be riding. Yeah, and feel the difference. We build it up, and she's like, oh my God, my neck pain's gone away instantly, my you shoulders. Crouched like, over, hunched over. Yeah, and yeah. she and now she's faster, she's more efficient, and, and I got a free pedicure out of it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I did, not, I did not expect that story to go that direction. <laughs> and I got butterfly pink. Wasn't it? Was like, a, it was yeah, it was an awesome color. I love it. Mm. All right. Well, that needs to be on Instagram. <laughs> here's, here's what I think is cool is like, you know, the, the podcast we started at the beginning, the question is like, how do, how do we find meaningful work? How do we find meaning in the work that we do? I am endlessly fascinated by like, some people struggle for years to find that or to put the pieces together. Some people know from the start. And then other people, like yourselves, it seems like, go through this long process of, of things not happening, things not happening, things not breaking. And then because of force of will, because of whatever. like Stars the planets, aligned. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like planets <laughs> aligning or whatever. Like when it falls together, it really falls together. And I think it's, it's really cool for me. I love to be here. I'll, I'll just come in and hang out. Um, but like, it's really cool also to talk to you guys and, and hear how you think about your business because on the surface, it's just, well, we're just Dom and Judy and we would have done, this is what we do. This is the only thing that we do. And when you dig a little bit deeper, there's, a, there's an incredible amount of intention and integrity and passion that goes into what you guys do that you're not like, <clears throat> you know, blasting from the hilltops you don't need that. You don't need to be putting that out on Facebook to do what you do and do it amazing. And it's cool. I love it. It's it's inspiring to me. I'm glad that you guys are here. That's very nice to hear. Thank you. Yeah. No, I mean it. Thank you for for taking the time. I feel like we could talk for three, are we over? three hours. Do another hour. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe season season two or right. later season one. We'll come back. But um, yeah, it's a good start. I really really appreciate you guys taking yeah. the time and being willing to let Terry and I invade oh, your space. Oh, fun! This is a good time. This episode of the Distiller Podcast was recorded live at Spun Bicycles at 4122 Hamilton Avenue in Northside, Cincinnati, Ohio. Special thanks to Dominic and Judy Lopresti for welcoming us into the shop. Please do stop in, buy a bike, get one fixed, just kill some time. It's a great place. And thanks to Sidewinder, also on Hamilton and Northside for the delicious coffee. 
The Distiller is produced, recorded, and hosted by me, Brandon Dawson, with co-production, booking, and occasional coffee delivery from Terry Heist. Post-production, editing, and mixing by Justin Golden. Our logo was designed by Scott Ryan. Download episodes, find links and info, including photos of the guests and locations, and get in touch with us all at thedistillerpodcast.com, including to suggest people you think should be on The Distiller to talk about their search for meaningful work, or if you think there's somewhere interesting we could record the show, or something interesting we should drink while doing it. It's all at thedistillerpodcast.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next time, thanks for listening. Bye-bye.